Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Village Inside Out. I am Dennis Simpson. He is our co-host, Randy Cantrell, the star of the show. Hot Springs Village is behind me and all around us. And this is proof that a poor fella minding his own business on a podcast cannot even go to an estate sale by himself or with his (laughs) wife and not get accosted accosted. Miss Lindy, Lindy and Gavin that are in the picture down below us, or you hear them laughing in the background, uh, wonderful new residents, semi-residents of the village, and we can't wait to hear their stories. How are y'all doing today? Doing, doing well. Thank you. Good, good to hear you. Good to hear you. So as we see over and over and over, and Randy and I were just talking about this, the bottom line is, is that a lot of people are moving to Texas. And a lot of Texans want to move to Arkansas now. Go figure. How does that work? Right. Tell us really your well story you know about hot Springs village. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that, um, um, you know, we moved here to Fort worth, uh, initially to be closer to family <laughs> and it just ultimately, I guess everybody else moved here too, because <laughs> where we live, it was actually a ranch. It was in the middle of nowhere, a lot of trees, and now we see a whole bunch of large buildings and Amazon warehouse. So we um, started looking at some other options. And so we, we're, we're country folks. Uh, I grew up in the country. I introduced her to the country and she became a country girl. Uh, all my children are country. And we wanted to be able to go out and see nature, see, see God's land the way he intended for it to be, not in a bunch of concrete. So we looked and um, we went up to... Uh, originally Oklahoma. We thought we were going to move it to Oklahoma. They had a lot of land up there. Speaking of OU, well, I'm an Aggie, so I can actually go to an Aggie game if I went up there. So, but um, but nothing worked out. Uh, we actually put some uh, feelers out, and property kept falling through. I think four offers we lost. I think four offers. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we were praying about it, and and one day uh, my mom was going with us at the time, and she said, "What about going over to Arkansas?" You know, we went there once; it was really pretty. And so we said, "What about Hot Springs?" And uh, we went to Hot Springs and we loved the area. We weren't so crazy about Hot Springs, but we loved the area. And uh, so we said, well, let's put some fillers out. So we talked to and started looking at homes and we got introduced to some great houses in the area, uh, even the Hot Springs. And then we learned about this place called The Village. And we went out there and we just fell in love with it. We felt we had looked at a couple of houses. Our realtor showed us a couple of houses in the village. And of course, I mean, when you see the deer, I mean, oh, that that's it right there. Okay. We're sold. <laughs> and she would show us some houses out of the village that were just around the area, but we kept being drawn back to hot Springs village. We liked the idea of the gated community all the many amenities, um, the options that supported our heart's desire of nature, family time, way and, the deer. School, and the deer, the lake, and your first so visit there. Your first visit there was when? Um, the first week of September, because it yeah. was Labor Day. We were all sitting around. Gavin had his phone 
Bluetooth to our, to our TV screen. We've been looking at houses for roughly about a year. Uh, I have been in a, um, I've had my business now for four and a half years. And through the course of that, we started realizing we needed a vacation spot. I mean, we have to get away from things. I mean, Randy, you're talking about your role. You understand. You just got to get away. And so we were looking at options for about a year and six months. You know, Realtor.com became uh, my favorite friend, you know, just scrolling every morning, every afternoon, every evening. What else is up? And in today's market, it was almost like going to Las Vegas and watching the roulette wheel. I mean, there was so many changes of things getting sold and things getting popping back up. And we used to go camping a lot because, you know, with kids and that's cheap and we love to go, you know, outdoors camping. But it's a lot of work. And but it's a lot of work. And Gavin's a cook. And I guess mean, who does all the cooking, the cleaning and putting up the tents and putting away the tents and making the tents dry. So how, old, how, not be. how old are the kids? Uh, seven, nine and 10, almost 11. Oh. Eeny, meeny, miny, we ain't having no uh, mo. <laughs> I ain't having no mo. <laughs> I've got, got your hands full and your work, Gavin. You're able, I'm assuming you can do that. You can do your work from anywhere where you've got a good internet connection, or am I wrong? No, that's absolutely right. So, um, you know, I've been in the education uh, field for over 25 years. And when I started the business, it was the idea of, you know, we could start doing things remotely. And, you know, a lot of people were like, I don't know, I need, I really need somebody in-house or whatever. But there was a few that said, okay, well, we'll hire you to, to do the work that you do. And then COVID happened and everybody else said, well, you're experienced. I'm like, yes, I've been doing this for, you know, two and a half years at that point. So it, it was a nice opportunity to be able to tell people you can do things remote. And so when we closed in the house, in fact, we spent about a, um, about a month. Uh, they're at the house and business continued as usual, just as if I was still here in Haslip. I'm, I'm, I'm actually fascinated at the story. And we've, we've talked about this repeatedly, Randy, about how technology allows you to do what you couldn't do, you know, and, and I want to bring up something, Gavin, that I think you'll go with here. And that is, is that I remember being an IT tech for 29 years or whatever. I remember thinking, man, I can work from the beach. I can work anywhere. And what I didn't know the end of the sentence was I can work anywhere every day, all the time for the rest of your born life. Would you like to address that? Yeah. yeah, It's called creation of workaholism. Or maybe I should pitch in. Yeah. She, 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 my my wife, you know, We, and we do everything home. I mean, we homeschool, I work from home. Uh, sometimes we even go to church at home now because of COVID, you know. Um, it's a fine line to draw between, okay, you know, it's five o'clock, work must end. And even for me as homeschool mom saying, especially with the kids' attention spans, sometimes we have to spread it out and do some work after dinner. But I mean, yeah, to say, hey, like it's almost Thanksgiving day. Let's set the computer to the side. Let's have a couple of days here to relax and enjoy family time and go on a hike. But there's great joy in being in your pajamas and working. I mean, really, but you really do have to be very careful. And I come from a, a, a long line of workaholics. And so it is something that we're trying to gear our children and understand that the old adage of it's good to work hard, but then you should also play hard too. And that's something that we work really hard. And I love the fact that my wife is willing to keep me accountable and keep me moving the right direction so that we can still watch for the deer instead of watching the back of a, or watching a TV screen. Describe for us the, uh, the house hunt. So the house oh, hunt inside I, the village. Oh, 
Um, it's a really cool story. So as we said earlier, we lost four offers in Oklahoma, decided to take a step back and just kind of take a break. And then Labor Day, we were sitting around and the idea of Arkansas came up. So Gavin had, you know, all these houses on whatever realtor.com or Zillow up on the TV screen. And we saw several that we liked, got a hold of a realtor and said, Hey, you know, we homeschool, we are self-employed so we can come up there whenever. And we said, you know, why don't we just go ahead and plan on going up there Wednesday? So that was Labor Day Monday. So Wednesday we loaded up and drove up there and she had probably eight to 10 houses lined up for us to look at. And I don't remember how many were in the village and, um, we put an offer on one. It was very reasonably priced. It needed some cosmetic work. I called it the Betty Crocker house because the kitchen looked exactly like Betty Crocker. (laughs) Um, we lost it and moved forward to, we had to it go was, back. It was one of those things too, that the, the houses that we're looking at to here, we were looking at some houses that have been on the market for 180 days and Which they said nobody was looking yeah. at it. But then like yeah. we would show up to the house and like <laughs> 10 people all want to look at the house Suddenly. the same day. And then somebody else would come up and say, uh, we're going to give you an offer and it's going to be better than what yours is. And we're like, where are these people coming? Even our realtor yeah. was like, will you come and look at our, my house? I want to <laughs> yeah. sell my it house. Yeah. It was a running joke. Like, Hey, do you have a house to sell? Let us look at it. And they'll sell. <laughs> <laughs> so we lost that first one. Um, we did some virtual tours with our realtor and made two blind offers on two other houses. One, we called it the dream house. It was beautiful, perfect. And so many, or so we thought in many ways, and we really wanted this house. This is the one that I talked about, uh, like tried to research the owner and (laughs) and, yeah, I had tried to research the owner and wrote a letter and just really, really trying to get this house. And man, we lost it. And we were really disappointed. My kids cried, like literally my children cried because they were so excited and still they, I mean, every time we go to Arkansas, they get excited because they want to get out to nature. They they're just very nature people. So So when we found out that we couldn't get it, I mean, they just boohoo. They were disappointed. So I was on the Facebook groups and there's several other people. Oh, we're looking for a house. We're looking for a house. And I'm going, no, no, we're looking for a house. Get out of the way. And there was a sweet lady. I kind of friended on the Facebook group. She shared uh, an address of this house that we're at that they had looked at, but they couldn't buy because her husband was especially sensitive to pet dander. And otherwise they said they would have put an offer on it. And we, I mean, we had felt like we had exhausted all of our resources. We were like, we're just going to have to wait until more houses come up for sale. So I send in this address. We made another drive up to Arkansas, walked in, looked at this house, fell in love with it put an offer on it that afternoon. And that night it got accepted. And um, as just a little addendum to the story, this sweet lady that told me about this house, um, I had a realtor send me an address. She was getting ready to list. And I said, well, we've got one. And I forwarded it to this lady and they ended up getting that house. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a double blessing. (laughs) It was was really cool. Really cool. And this, you know, we lost what we called our dream house. This house that we ended up getting really is more perfect for us and for mm-hmm. our needs and, and fits us. And we made friends out of the process too, because now, you know, we see them frequently and, and they uh, take care of our house and we, they take care <laughs> of us. And we, yeah, they've just been kind of really good friends. 
I, I think about many times because I've seen this story so many times over the last 20 years, and I love the story. I love every one of these, but I think maybe we need to make a guidebook on how to be a good villager and how to, to get in the village, be friendly, don't be stingy, don't be afraid to share good news with other people because it bounces right back to you. Uh, I mean, because, you know, frankly, all this, and you didn't have any friends, you didn't have any acquaintances could, could be cold. Well, not here in the village, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, on the home, on the home front, I want to come back just for a minute. R- uh, Randy, I want to let you know, I just got a message from Rick Marshall. Uh, there's a home just up in the cove, uh, about three coves down on the right-hand side where a lady has been trying to sell it for $595,000 for nearly three years. It's way up in the cove. It has wildly bright colors. It is unique. That would be the word unique, unique. It just went under contract. Uh, yeah, this is one of those properties. I thought, no, 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 I don't. Nope. And Rick Marshall, for our audience, Rick Marshall is a real estate agent there in the village who kind of specializes in that area around Lake DeSoto. And I mean, he does all over, but he lives on the lake across from where Dennis lives. And he's kind of our go-to lake real estate. He's our lake real estate guy for for Lake Cortez and Lake DeSoto. He's really, he's the awesome guy there. So yeah, a little quick shout out to him and tell me more and and let's call a spade a spade here in case we don't put this down and make it clear. We are not a faith-based podcast, but virtually everybody we talk to is faith-based and that's fabulous for us. And we're fine with that. We don't have an agenda and you'll notice we never share that agenda, but tell us about starting your business and how you got going. I saw this on Facebook not too long ago and a remarkable story. So as I said, um, I've been in education because I originally was a youth pastor. And oh. so, uh, so that really starts back and I wanted to work more closely with youth. So I became, got into education and started teaching for five years and then, um, started moving, um, into administration and I had an agenda, but my agenda was not my own agenda apparently, um, from that end. So I had the idea to go and become a great administrator and do all these great things. And then ultimately, um, uh, I got in some crosshairs of some political battles, unfortunately. And, We've all been and there, yeah, right? <laughs> I think several probably have probably been through that role before and and uh, and got the scars and the bruises from it. But I found myself doing state reporting and compliance pieces that I work with here in Texas. And uh, ultimately, one thing led to another, and I got to work under a contract with the state um, serving a lot of charter schools. So Texas has a lot of charter schools as a, a somewhat charter friendly state. So we were able to kind of help them as well as work with some traditional schools. And again, I got stuck in the crosshairs of some political battles and uh, my position was grant funded. And then that grant basic funds went away. And so we were caught in a position of either that we were either, either um, uh, get another job or my family's going to go hungry. And so we really prayed about it heavily and I applied for several positions. Nobody called. And those that did call got really, really close. And then the door shut right at the last minute. And my wife had been encouraging me for over about a year to say, Hey, why don't you just go out on your own? I've I'm entrepreneurial. I've done some own small businesses and on the side stuff, I've never done it as a sole source income. And he's really good at what he does. 
And that grant only allowed them to serve new charter schools, but there were charter schools that had been around for years that said, man, we could really use your help. We could really use your services. And I told them there's a market, you have a rapport with people. And uh, clearly I really think you need to try to do this. Nah, when I was, do when was the last time somebody told you, Gavin, that you overmarried? Cause I get that like twice a week. <laughs> Um, and Randy yeah, gets it a lot. I, I don't too. get it nearly enough, but I'm fully aware of what I got, and <laughs> yeah. I'm so thankful for her because yeah. uh, Ra- she is a huge encourager. Randy gets that a lot too. Now, Randy gets it from other people. I get it from Diane. She says that a lot because she's telling me. But <laughs> anyway, that said, a supporting wife cannot be undervalued. There's that is huge. exactly right. We can we cannot survive without. The, I could not be doing what I do without supporting my wife. And uh, because, you know, she encouraged me to do it. And to the point that we only had about uh, $3,000 in the savings at the time. (laughs) And we pulled all that and said, well, this is what we're going to have to start the business. And my wife says, okay, well, where's the closest food bank? And that's what we ended up doing was the food banks for for about three months, months, something like that. But, you know, we prayed a lot. And and God really did reveal because uh, there is a scripture that says, that God closes doors that no man can open and opens doors that no man can close. And that became our prayer and says, well, if you're going to open this door, then you're going to have to make all the details work. Otherwise you're going to have to shut it. And obviously you're shutting all these other doors. So that's not working out. So ultimately we went from having nothing to creating a business, getting a new contract. And that started us off and having a, a webinar in our living room on a card table table and boxes (laughs) and a horrible setup. And to what we see today, it's four and a half years now since we did that. And four and a half years later, um, we're in my, my, my video studio that I use for doing webinars and, uh, that's still growing. And I have a team of, uh, six other people now that are working for me. And of course, now we have another house that's in, in the village. And so in four and a half years, we went from uh, being qualifying for food stamps to be able to do this. And he really has opened the doors and no man can close and closed doors and no man can open. And I didn't say this earlier. It's kind of like a little cherry on top. And again, Dennis, I'm, I'm with you. We're not here for an agenda, but most people that watch your podcast, you know, are believers as we say, but we found out after the fact, this house that had, we bought had been on the market for two, three months, no offers, very few showings, suddenly we're able to get it. And then we found out about a month after we moved in, it had been owned by a pastor. And it was, it was a very peaceful environment too. Yeah. That was one of the things we noticed was very peaceful. And it, it had been owned by a pastor apparently. Yeah. So just cool stuff like that. It's like, okay, you know, is this coincidence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just all well, part of our story. You know, what's you can't the, make it up. What's the intermediate or long-term plan here? So you, you live here in the DFW area and you've got this house in hot Springs village. And now what? So, like I said, we, we're country folks, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the possibilities that, you know, we talked about Airbnb and we talked about all this other stuff. And, and, and I told, after we talked about it, it says, no, this is our retreat center. This is our, our place to retreat. And, and we may have friends that need to retreat and, you know, we'll let them be able to utilize that just like they come to our home and, and stay for, you know, a weekend or whatnot. But um, I, I really, I, I don't think the village right now needs another place, uh, Airbnb. But Amen. What I do- Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
<laughs> but I do think that we need uh, friends. And I, I, I Dennis, you, you said it perfect about the need to come in and to give and to be a part of. And I, that's what we still are trying to stay in contact and start meeting these people that even as a distance right now, so that when we're there, we can have those interactions. And that is our plan. Our plan is to, uh, you know, we're heavily involved in church here in, in the Hazlitt area. And our hope is to be able to get heavily involved in church there in the village as well. Uh, and to be able to have literally two homes. And, uh, and our children are already asking for that as well. So it seems to be a, ma- a major vision for our whole family, literally, to literally have two homes, one that we work and school and do what we need to have to do and call to do, and a place that we can retreat and be in the mountaintop and be quiet before God and just spend time in his presence and spend time as a family. So you mentioned the family, that you moved to Hazlitt and the family, the family kind of joined you. So I got to ask, so the extended family consists of what? Well, Gavin's an only child. So his mom joins us frequently. And then I I'm the youngest of three. So, um, when we come, when we go to our Arkansas house, it's mostly us and Gavin's mom. And then we are willing to open up you know, once, once the dust settles, mm. we're still enjoying it right now, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. eventually we'll open up yes. to like my sisters and their families and my Maybe. mom, my mom will come Maybe. join us. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing this echo. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> what is your, what is your ideal splitting of time? What does that look like? A holiday, spring break, yeah. summer, summer will probably be an extended time up there. It's really going to be, a, I really anticipate a half and half. I mean, we talked about for sure at the, at the very least once a month and then holidays, summer, Thanksgiving, it's going to ultimately equate to being about six months on and off. Yeah. I'm envious. <laughs> I was about to say, I mean, I was about to say. maybe, maybe long-term retire there. But that's too far away to know. Oh to yeah, say for man, sure. y'all are pups. Y'all, it's cl- are, it's closer done. than you think. It's closer <laughs> than you think. I promise. Don't say that. Well, Don't say that. But but, was, but for those of you, and and I think you know, Randy, you said you work with with C, you know, with the some of the upper epsilons and consulting. So you probably have shared this. You have to have your short term plan, your long term plan, right? So this is our long, long, long term plan. Well, I'm 64 though, so I don't have any long term plans. My all my plans are short term. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. When he get when he buys a gallon of milk and he sees the expiration date, he thinks, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Might as well. No, very seriously, standing from this side of the story, I'm I'm listening to you and Gavin, and then I'm looking at Randy and going, Does this sound familiar, Randy? Does this, um, you know, a little part time action here? You know, and we were talking before we hit record. I've run into and they have too run into so many people from this part of the country, from Texas, from Dallas, Fort Worth in particular, um, you know, John Paul interim, interim GM Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, I mean, it's just everywhere you look, there's a lot of people that migrated to the village from DFW and did it back in the day. You know, these folks and I, we're, we're here in DFW today and the city has experienced a boom probably unlike anything I've seen. And I was, I was in Oklahoma city during the oil boom. So I've seen booms before and I've seen bust, but, uh, yeah, the mad dash out of California and other places to Texas, 
Uh, thankfully, we've got a thriving economy. Housing is not inexpensive. Property taxes are criminally high. Uh, we don't have a state income tax, but that's, that's a minor detail really, but I get it. I mean, I get the attraction to, to the village and, and we went and experienced almost identically what you did. And it's funny people from all walks of life, people that have, have done magnificently big things and ordinary common folks like me that haven't done much of anything. And everybody tells you the same thing, you know, the, the peace and and what you feel. My description to Dennis was when I pull in the gates, it's just like a big exhale. Mm. Don't know any other way to describe it. It's just like a, you know, it's just that. I'm uh, envious. Uh, it is. Yeah. Diane, Di Diane came out of a difficult relationship about nine years ago. And I was really riding with her one day and we drove through the gates and she literally went, <sighs> and I'm like, you know, I was like, Ah, uh, mm. uh, it's a refuge. It, it's, and for somebody like myself, I mean, I grew up 22 miles from here. I, I grew my whole life, 22 miles from here. I had a business in, uh, in Little Rock. And as soon as I, in the two thousands and late nineties, when I started coming out here and looking around and going, now they have what, and they have where, and it looks like really, I remember I would come out, take pictures of, of properties that I was buying and selling. And I would drive out the gates and look in people's windows and go, they get to stay here all night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, it, the, the, we were just talking with the, the engineer who's been one of the engineers here in the village for 35 years for Cooper and one of the advertising slogans that they use. And it seems so fitting even today, you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. going to love it. It, it. It's irresistible. If you love nature, and you love being out in nature, you're going to love it. I, I was telling a, a, another interviewee we had the other day, I said, I've, at our Airbnbs here, I've actually thought about putting up signs that said, this is not an amusement ride. These are real animals. They will really bite you. They will really chase you. They will really growl or snap or, you know, whatever. Because, you know, we live in such a, a, a bubble-wrapped world, you know, mm -hmm. that, oh, yeah, that, that's not going to happen. We'll take care of that. No. No, no, it'll really bite you. It'll really mm -hmm. bite you here. Well, you know, when we, when, when we set up, when we set up the, uh, our first couple of nights that were there, um, uh, the windows in our house, or we have very large windows. Our children have get to experience these large windows. And one morning, all of a sudden I hear this, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I was like, what? They could come here quick, come here quick. And, and they, the children, the boys in their room, they were looking out the window and they had these two chipmunks. And those two chipmunks were just going back and forth, chasing after each other, playing with everything. And they were so amazed. And I told them, I said, well, that's Chip and Dale. And, and of course, <laughs> they don't watch much television. And I said, they said, Chip and Dale. I said, trust me. I said, it's, it's, it's Chip and Dale. I said, so go back. And so I, I had to go and show them the show of Chip and Dale. And so immediately now they know they can watch Chip and Dale live in their, uh, outside their window. Yeah. Well, and Dennis, I want to piggyback on what you were talking about. So um, we homeschool and, um, there's a book that I read called 10 ways to destroy the imagination of your child. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a, um, what do you call it? A farce. Um, sure. Satirical. Satirical. Thank you. And um, it, one of the main threads throughout this book that this author kind of talks about is the lights and the, the action and the movement. And we have to keep them occupied so they can't be curious. And I feel like, 
it's so easy, especially in busy places like DFW to get sucked into the going. And then of course you get stuck in traffic and the errands and all the things to do, even if it's fun things, you know, going to see the, the Christmas lights and grapevine or going to whatever activity or fun zoo or museum that we forget about the amazing things right in front of us in nature. And that's really the heart, like kind of what we said earlier is getting to the village, getting outside, seeing the turtles, the deer, the foxes, our kids found fox bones down the street and we were putting those together and just taking that exhale and going, wow, look at this world around me. And that's one of the things that you mentioned about, you know, the business that, that I'm in. And, you know, I believe that any work that we do should be a part of a passion of what we do, of who we are. And, and one of the things a lot of people laugh at because here I work with Texas public schools, but we homeschool our kids. And, and, and but the reason we homeschool is that's what we're called to do. And not everybody can homeschool, as we've learned from COVID, um, but they're because of the challenges and things that come into. And there are so many different options. But the bottom line is we need to be involved with our children. We need to be able to help be a part of that educational experience. And that's something that Lindy and I both love to do to help and just spend time um, with people and, and talking through those challenges that they face, whatever that challenge may be, knowing that their children, that they need them. And we don't have to have the perfect life. We just need a life with our children that they can see how that life is lived. And that's where, you know, we spend too much time on the screen and through being on the screen, they miss out on part of that life. But by removing them from that and enjoying Chippendale or the deer on the side of the road or whatever else it may be, uh, what an amazing, wonderful opportunity that is. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm really, really happy for you. Are we ready for the lightning round, Dennis? We are. We are. I was just going to mention one more thing, and that is, Lindy, I will send you, uh, if I can find it, I will send you the video of the the, uh, bear swimming across the lake last summer. Oh, yay. We had a bear that put in at the DeSoto Marina and just paddled across the lake, and there are people in party barges going, (laughs) <laughs> watching and for those of you who aren't watching just with their jaws dropped watching there's a bear swimming across the lake and he went across the lake went up in the woods and went into the national forest well that and, your eagle and you got your eagle yep well oh and i was gonna that's what the other story i was gonna tell you real quick we have a unit just across from us i'm seeing it's our larger unit that's three and two and stunning deck and sleeps a lot of people and whatever and i've seen this village bring families together. Uh, I've seen uh, blended families that come and spend their first weekend here together. And the, the mom will tell me, you know, well, you know, I think these two are just going to stay and play inside and play video games the whole time, you know, and we walk outside and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. And I say, look, he hang the bald eagle hangs out in this tree. And then he comes down to this Island. And if you get the kayaks, you can go paddle around that Island and come back. And it takes about 45 minutes. And I, one of the kids actually told me, he said, y'all have a real live bald eagle. I said, well, he's not in a cage or anything. He's he, yeah. He just, yeah. You know, and I realized from that environment that everything they had seen has been in a cage. It's, it's been mm-hmm. behind some kind of barrier. No, it's, it's real. We got the real stuff, you know? So lightning round it is Randall. I'll leave you be. Let's see. Let's go. All right. Each of each of you can answer this. Okay. The Please. first one, these are really quick and painless hiking, boating, golf, or tennis. Lindy hiking. 
Oh, definitely hiking. <laughs> Hamburger or taco? Taco. Oh, totally taco. <laughs> taco Tuesday, my favorite day. There you go. Beaches or woods? Beaches. Woods. <laughs> Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert. Introvert. <laughs> I'm seeing a trend, Randy. I'm seeing a trend. <laughs> if, if you had a warning label, what would it say? Oh. <laughs> um, I have no idea. <laughs> Stay away, introvert. <laughs> <laughs> Caution, talks too much. <laughs> favorite, <into> that. Favorite, <laughs> favorite sport. Let's change that. Make it favorite team. Oh, oh the sport was easier. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll do both. So swimming is my favorite sport on the one hand. But but as far as, you know, I, I still love the Texas Rangers. I was going to say my favorite sport has become baseball. Um, I would say Rangers. Yeah. Appetizer or dessert? Oh, dessert. No, nothing goes wrong with chocolate. <laughs> what would and it coffee. be? Yeah. Okay, favorite dessert. dessert. The favorite oh, dessert? You want to know what the favorite dessert is? Uh, you know, I love a really good German chocolate cake. Um, what's my? F- oh man, it's a tie between tiramisu or baklava. <laughs> oh, look at her! Mm. Reading, Maybe. reading, watching, or listening? Reading, watching. Sneakers, <laughs> sneak, sneakers, sandals, or hiking shoes? Sneakers. Mm. Uh, probably hiking shoes. Potato or potato, just to hear y'all's answer. (laughs) (laughs) Potato. First job. Very first job. Oh, I was the hostess at a restaurant. (laughs) Mine was Dairy Queen. (laughs) How old were you when you were a hostess? I'm sorry. I was probably 17. So just a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Or two. Or two. (laughs) Favorite movie. Oh, <laughs> please! You've, You've got, got mail. mail. <laughs> oh, look at me. Oh, we actually met on eHarmony. Yeah, we're 14, 14 years after meeting online. Okay, well now forget the lightning round. I, let, <sighs> we got to hear that story. <laughs> Screw no, the I lightning round. We want this one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll try to nutshell it because I know we're wrapping up on time. So Gavin was teaching in Keller here in DFW. I'm from the DFW area, but I was teaching English in South Korea. I was always the adventurous one. And I remember sitting in my apartment one day praying and was like, you know, God, you've given me a lot of adventures, but I'm kind of ready to meet that person and, and have someone to just do life with, you know, go to the grocery store with, go to church with, and I remember talking to my mom and she was like, you should try that eHarmony thing. And I was like, really? Like, I would not expect my mom to tell me to meet someone online. So I did. It was roughly the end of February that year. And on March 15th, 2007, um, we were matched. So in case you don't know how eHarmony works, they, they profile you and match you with people. You don't get to go search people. So we were matched and there's like stages of communication you go through before you can freely talk. And, um, we emailed and kind of dated online for two months. And I came home from Korea and we had our first real date at a Greek restaurant. He proposed exactly six months after we met on September 15th. 15th. 
And we were both teaching at the time and spring break happened to fall on March 15th and we got married. Exactly one year later. So we'll celebrate our 14th anniversary this next March. Man, Three alive. kids later well, that, and two moves. That, that completely trumps the lightning round, and we completely yeah. buried the lead. And we should have had a completely different show now that we've got <laughs> now that we've gotten it done. That's amazing. That's really amazing. So we are good at putting the end at the begin, the beginning at the end, and the end at the beginning. We're, we're good at yeah, that. Yeah, well, I'm pretty famous for burying leads, but man, we, yeah, we really buried the lead today. Yeah, Dennis, to, I'm going I'm to let you say goodnight and whatever else you want to say. I'm done. No, I was just going to say, you, you have to you have to wait all the way till the very, very end of this show to get the real details. That was a fascinating story. Did we not miss any of the, any more lightning? Was there another lightning? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, you're not going to top that. I'm not, no. I'm not even going back into it. I can't tell you guys, we have learned so much in these lightning rounds, though, from people. Yeah things that we had no clue about, which is kind of part of the fun, like, like this, but y'all, y'all take the prize. Your congratulations. You're champions of the lightning round. Oh. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody's trumped it with a, with a E harmony ends up in a marriage. That's 14 years old. Nobody's got that. Beat. <laughs> oh no, no, no. And the, and the better part is I'm imagining your mom in 2007 going, you should try that E harmony thing. You're the mom figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little did she know. Because <laughs> you know how digitally savvy moms are in 2007. They're like yeah. on it. You know, they're on it. That's a great story. That All is right. a fabulous story. Say I think night, we may Dennis. have to have y'all back for some other details as things progress. How about that? Would that be okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lindy and Gavin, it has been a profound and sincere delight to have you on Hot Springs Village Inside Out. I am Dennis Simpson in Hot Springs Village. He is Randy Cantrell from the Bedford, Texas area, and we will see you on our next episode. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.